Hello, and welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Socks. And I'm Lori Socks. And today we are joined by Rachel Muse, coming to us via Skype from Northumberland, England. We first heard about Rachel when we came across a Daily Star article she was featured in that documented her frustration with Twitter and their reluctance to remove abusive tweets towards people with Down syndrome. I reached out to her, and we are very happy that she's agreed to join us. Rachel, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. We're so glad you're able to join us. We saw the article in The Star, and it really struck a chord with us. It really brings up such an important topic in our community and and in our society. And I think the power of words, and it's something that I I teach Sophia, people need to understand the power of words, positive and negative. Yes. So maybe you could just start with just telling us a little bit about yourself. Um, Yeah, of course. Uh, My name's Rachel. I'm from Northumberland in England. I live with my partner, Kurt, and my daughter, Betty, who is coming up three years old, and she has Down syndrome. Um, I'm also a contributing editor for Making Chromosomes Count, which is the Down syndrome community newspaper. Um, My background is in teaching and care for children with special educational needs and disabilities and I've also worked with adults with disability and learning disability Um, so I've got quite a background in the sector. Yes Making Chromosomes Count is a terrific news organization and I'll definitely put their Twitter account and website in the show notes. I've really mentioned this before with another guest we've had from the UK but we really find so much useful information coming out of England um, and, the, in fact, the in, entire English Isles. Um, and in one standpoint, this social media has given us a chance to get to that information. But as is discussed in the article you were in, there is a flip side to that with social media and a negative side when it comes to discussions about disabilities in general and also specifically Down syndrome. So, Rachel, tell us a little bit more about that article in the Daily Star that you were featured in. Um, so, I do use Twitter a lot. Um, I run the Making Chromosomes Count Twitter account as well as my own. So, I would say I've been using Twitter probably for about a year um, with my own account and then more recently with the Making Chromosomes Count account. Every day I search for Down syndrome or Down syndrome just to bring up the latest articles um, and stories from the community and this is on a worldwide basis Um, and that's really good because we can really get what's happened in the last 24 hours across the community and then we can report our stories on that. Um, Unfortunately when I do my daily search first thing in the morning before my daughter gets up it comes up with I would say about 90% of the posts that come up on Twitter when I search for Down syndrome are nothing to do with anyone from the community. They are simply derogatory, hate-filled, hostile comments. 
towards people with Down syndrome. So I report them. So I've been reporting these comments to Twitter for, for quite a while now. Um, and occasionally I get a little notification that maybe one of them has breached some of Twitter standards. Some of them don't change. I see the comments again and again, even after I've reported them. And I've just got to the point when I've thought nothing is being done about this. Twitter are not doing anything about the hate speech that is prevalent on Twitter. And it is an absolute avalanche of it. It's not just using Down syndrome as an insult to insult somebody else on Twitter. It's using Down syndrome as a joke um, in a derogatory manner. There's a lot of false information being passed around about Down syndrome on Twitter. So people saying things like, oh, people with Down syndrome suffer from this and their life is not worth living. All sorts of really, really negative, horrific false information that they're not doing anything about. And then alongside that, you've got use of words like the R word that I'm not even going to say. You've got words like moron, threaten, which if you look at the etymology of them, that is an insult to people with learning disabilities. It's just absolutely steeped in prejudice. And I just think that an international company has the resources and the funds and the team to be able to put something in place to reduce hate speech on their platform and to ensure that it's a safe place for people with Down syndrome and their families and the wider community to be able to use the platform to socialise without having to encounter this hostility towards them and their condition um, or their loved ones with a condition but it's very very damaging not just mentally but like emotionally and psychologically it, it's not a nice environment it is very hostile and they really need to step up and do something about it it's also their responsibility their social responsibility their their responsibility to humanity and honestly, with the opportunity to make a change, you have the responsibility to make a change. I agree. I know Twitter do, they seem to pride themselves on free speech, but there's a difference between free speech and giving a platform for hate speech. See, I think behind a keyboard or behind your phone or whatever, people are, they're less, they feel like there are less consequences for them. Um, if they say something hostile or, or have some element of hate speech that they throw at someone, I think the paps don't feel that there will be any repercussions like there would be if you said it to someone in the street. Um, so, for example, in England, in UK law, if you said to somebody, I'm going to hit you, that is actually classed, could be classed as an assault um, because it's the threat of an assault. So under UK law, if that is done um, with the added um, incentive of hostility because of a disability or a protected characteristic such as down syndrome then that would increase your sentence so this kind of speech is actually it's classed as hate speech in our laws and they're not doing anything really to combat it in fact what they're doing is giving a platform to encourage people to sit behind their keyboards and to feel safe in being able to be so derogatory and prejudice towards others. Well, I'm a I'm a firm believer that all all bullies are really just cowards, and and it is it is a shame that people feel like they have they no they don't feel like they have the ability. People now have the ability to sit and spew their garbage without any consequence. 
Yes, and it's a U.S.-based company, and we have very similar laws than you do, so they really need to be held accountable for their actions and the actions of their users. So can you tell us a little bit about what you did when you came across these disturbing tweets on Twitter? Yeah, so obviously I have been reporting the offensive tweets that I see um, and some accounts as well, like accounts that people have set up pretending to have someone with Down syndrome just to make derogatory comments. Um, I report them. And then after about three months, I thought I'm not getting anywhere. So I looked into how to email them. Twitter are very, very hard to contact, it appears. There isn't a general customer services email or anything. So all you can really do is tweet at Twitter safety or at Twitter. So I tweeted them quite a few times saying, please, could you get in touch with me and chromosomes count? Uh, We'd like to talk to you about this issue on the platform. We'd like to work with you to let you know what is offensive and damaging to our community. We'd like to meet with you and to discuss how we could move forward with this. I didn't get any response. So I did a bit of research. I found the CEO's email address and I sent him um, an open letter. Well, I, I had already written an open letter and I'd posted that on my blog to Twitter. I sent him that and he replied saying that he didn't work for the company anymore, but I, that I needed to email Sarah Personet because he felt that my email was important. And she is the head of customer relations. So I sent her the open letter to Twitter, um, which is basically raising awareness of how we feel as a community about their standards on Twitter and inviting her to come and contact us in order to look at, at ways forward to make it a safer place. And I didn't receive a response from that. So after three weeks, waiting um i sent my letter my open letter to twitter to an independent news agency um who'd actually been very helpful when we found a t-shirt on amazon a couple of months ago that was derogatory and they um picked up on that um so they put together an article wrote that and they, they sent it to the daily star um still haven't heard from twitter despite the article so we're going to give them a little bit of time to see if they do respond. Um, I've tweeted a few other people on Twitter. If they don't respond, then we're going to have to look at more steps, such as writing to our MPs and various other measures, because we're now like a dog with a bone. We're not going to stop until someone from Twitter gets in touch with us to work with us and to find out what the Down syndrome community feel about this and how they can use their resources to ensure that they're not promoting hate speech on their platform. Well, that's definitely uh, something that I want to follow as far as your progress and and how it's going. Also, what can other uh, families do? One of the challenges is having a child with a disability or having, having a family. You have so many hours in the day and things that you have to do. So unfortunately, the injustices don't always come to the forefront because you're busy living your life. And it's very frustrating that it happens because it's true, it's hate speak. And the amount of hate that's out there, it, it shouldn't have a platform. And there ne- there needs to be more love out there. I think one of the, the main problems with Twitter, uh, and when the Daily Star spoke to them, Um, They had come back and said that a lot of the tweets that I had raised actually didn't violate their standards. So the standards of what they think is acceptable 
are different to what the Down syndrome community think is acceptable. And I'd like to know who made those standards because I certainly wouldn't say that using Down syndrome as a joke is acceptable. Um, but they do. So where did those standards come from? Did they come from a wide consultation with the Down syndrome community? Or were they made up by people who don't really know anything about it? That's what I'd like to know. And I'd like to know why those standards they feel are set in stone. They need to raise their standards. But before they do that, they need to speak to us to find out exactly what they need to be doing to protect people. It's past the point of offensive now. It's dangerous. It's encouraging hatred towards people with disability. Hate crime towards people with disabilities in the UK, it's at its highest ever level. In 2019, there was the most amount of hate crime ever recorded and it's rising year upon year and given a platform for people to encourage others to be derogatory towards people with disabilities and to make fun and bully is only going to result in people thinking that that's okay it normalizes it and in turn that mm. makes it seem okay to commit a hate crime and that is not okay at all. We totally agree with you when you mention our community I just can't help from thinking that this is something that our entire community, not just the Down syndrome community, our entire society, our human community should be outraged about. But I guess it does start with the Down syndrome community. And, and uh, Rachel, I just want to clarify. So Twitter thinks it's okay to use the R word, and they think it's okay to use Down syndrome as a punchline or a joke? I can't clarify that they think it's okay to use the R word because I can't get in touch with anybody to actually speak to me about what their exact standards are. So I can't clarify that for you. But if you search the R word on Twitter, it'll come up with hundreds and hundreds of tweets just from today. There were tweets that I reported that had, um, a, I think one of them was a joke about like, nobody wants to spend time hanging out with people with Down syndrome. I reported that because I feel that that is a lie and that is false information. It's prejudiced and it's spreading this view of people with Down syndrome that's false. Um, they said that that didn't violate their standards. Of the tweets that the Daily Star showed Twitter, there was only one account that they had banned permanently. So they're not doing much at all. And that misinformation really just gives such a bad baseline for information in general when it comes to Down syndrome. For people that are maybe just got a diagnosis uh, or they're just curious about Down syndrome in general and they go to get information through social media... And when the first information someone gets is negative information, it's just going to perpetuate that negativity. Exactly. I'm a perinatal and infant mental health champion. So I do a lot of work around supporting the mental health of mothers who expect mothers who've had a baby and diagnosed with Down syndrome or who have just had a baby with Down syndrome. And the fact that if they were to go on Twitter or Facebook or social media and search Down syndrome and have this kind of hostility come up, the impact on their mental health and on the bonding for their baby and decisions that they make is absolutely horrific. It just comes from a society that is steeped in prejudice. I mean, we all know that we're still not out of the prejudice era of Down syndrome. A hundred years ago, people with Down syndrome were put in institutions in England to stop them breeding. It was part of a eugenicist program. The last institutions closed in the 1980s. That was only 40 years ago. So that shows you how little time there has been 
since they were trying to completely eradicate people with Down syndrome. The prejudice isn't going to go away overnight. And it is, we are trickling through positive stories and re-educating on the basis of what Down syndrome is in 2020. Um, that's not going to happen overnight. And this absolute avalanche of hate speech on social media is only perpetuating the myths and the false information and the prejudice. It needs to move into, well, this year, in 2020, into the modern era, and catch up with what Down syndrome actually is. Be inclusive. Um, be the inclusive and accepting society that we're meant to be. The conversation about Down syndrome is slowly changing, and it shouldn't be tolerated that you still have these voices that are so filled with hate and negativity towards something they really don't know anything about. Now, I do believe it's changing because I've seen a lot of, I have seen a lot of change in the last 10 years, even just being able to have this conversation with you, even just having this conversation with you and what you're talking about, what you're finding and what you're getting the resistance for people to change. That's what's slowing us down. That's what's, what's pulling us back and causing the friction is because you have ignorance and unkindness out there that they pick on people that they think they can pick on. You're right. And I think we need as well to have in the forefront of our minds the perpetuation of this um, prejudiced attitude towards people with Down syndrome, the impact that that has on the lives of people with Down syndrome, the impact that it has on my daughter's life. So this idea that it is okay to humiliate and be derogatory about people with Down syndrome. What does that lead to? How many people with Down syndrome have a job in the UK? 2% of the Down syndrome population in the UK are in employment. And that is not because of lack of skills. That is because of lack of opportunity and prejudice towards the condition. And the impact of this prejudice on the lives of people with Down syndrome, um, how safe they are going out in the community, the opportunities that are available to them, um, being able to use social media safely without having to come across hostile language towards yourself and your condition, um, attitudes towards people with Down syndrome in terms of where they want to go in their life, what careers they'd like, things like that. Um, and how children are treated in school, the importance of funding for children with Down syndrome, inclusion in schools, making schools inclusive. We still have a large amount of schools that aren't inclusive here. Um, all of this societal prejudice towards Down syndrome feeds into the lives of people. Um, and that's why it needs to be stamped out. Every organisation everywhere should be stamping it out in order to make our society inclusive for people with an extra chromosome. Yeah, we, we I think overall we need a more inclusive society on all levels. Um, that's the main reason we have the battle with Liam's education is because we walk into a, a room to set down his supports and they don't see him. They don't see his potential. They see everything that they've ever heard and learned that is not based in fact. So then we spend lots of time retraining and and proving ourselves, which nobody's life should be based in trying to prove themselves to anybody except for themselves. Exhausting, isn't it? Yes. And I have to say, Twitter has a great opportunity here to be a leader. Yeah. They can 
take the reins, acknowledge that they didn't know, because we all know people don't know. And that's the thing. People do their best, but they don't know, right? So they can say, we didn't know. We're sorry. Let's make some changes. So what would be the next step? What is something that you could tell our listeners to do to support this cause? I think if you're on Twitter and you see a comment that is derogatory towards people with Down syndrome or is using um, prejudiced language, please report it to Twitter underneath abusive or hateful content. Just send the report in so that they can log it. Secondly, if you would follow Making Chromosomes Count, which is at Chromosomes News, we will be tweeting a lot about this. And if you would be kind enough to retweet, um, because I will be tagging Twitter and Twitter safety into everything that we do on this. If you have a bit more time, and I know that we're all pretty strapped for time, it might be good if you could tweet yourself at Twitter that you would like them to make contact with Making Chromosomes Count to open a conversation about how we can make Twitter a safer place for the Down syndrome community. As this progresses, if we don't hear, it will probably get to the point where we might be asking you to write to your Member of Parliament to ask them to raise this question in the House of Commons. If Twitter aren't responding, then we will have to go to the government because it is too serious an issue that has too much of a devastating impact on people's lives to ignore. It needs to change, and it needs to change now. Well, it needed to change yesterday, 10 years ago. Yeah, so that would be the next step. Now, we're a Los Angeles-based podcast, and I'd say three-quarters of our audience is from the United States, so that would mean when that time came to contact your congressperson and let them know how you feel. Yeah, that's your version of what we would do, isn't it? Yeah. So no matter what country you're in, if this is something that you feel strongly about, please do raise it with um, raise it with Twitter, raise it with your government, raise it with your local newspapers, with your national newspapers. We need to really get people aware of what's happening. I think sometimes people think, oh, maybe you're overreacting or you're a bit of a snowflake or he or she didn't mean it like that. But having someone say that to you from outside of the community who doesn't have that emotional connection to it they don't get to tell us what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable if I say that is offensive to my daughter then that is my opinion you don't get to tell me that that isn't offensive if that makes sense so as a one voice we need to be saying this isn't right this needs to change what you're saying is the absolute truth and nobody gets to tell you how you feel and that to me is such a a blatant excuse for poor behavior to say, oh, you're just too sensitive. No, (laughs) no, I'm just the right amount of sensitive for my life. Maybe you're just too insensitive and you need to kind of come out of whatever dark ages you're in where you still believe that kind of language, your hurtful words are acceptable because they're not. It's cyclical. Our thoughts become our words and our words become our actions. So as a society, we must decide what thoughts, what words, what actions do we want to cultivate? What do we want as our foundation? Do we want to promote the thoughts behind the words that are filled with hate and anger and negativity? The false perceptions and understanding of Down syndrome? 
Allowing hateful and hurtful language only creates an acceptance that hinders the possibility of change. Or we choose to use our words for power, to empower, for hope, and to make the change that is needed so much in humanity right now. There are two different paths. Words have power, and we have the power to make a difference. You're totally right, um, because language is a product of our society, isn't it? And language has is steeped in history. So all of these words that were used as medical terms, so cretin, moron, mongoloid, were all used as medical terms, and then obviously moved away from being used as medical terms, and then became insults. And now they're used as joking insults. And people don't seem to grasp that there's still that weight of making it okay to dehumanize a person with a learning disability by using these words, which is not okay at all. Um, and I think that's the level of understanding that needs to be brought about, doesn't it? That this inclusive society that we're hopefully working towards is not a society where you can make derogatory comments like that and social media platforms should not be given a platform for want of a better word um to people who seek to continue the use of derogatory terms they should be working towards a safe and inclusive society for all absolutely now rachel our podcast is called if we knew then so we like to ask guests if there is something that they wish they knew then if i knew then that betsy was going to make me into the strongest person that i've ever been and the happiest person that i've ever been and change my entire life for the better i think i wouldn't have worried so much oh wonderful it's been such a pleasure talking to you and thank you for all that you're doing for our community and for coming on and sharing your story it's really been a delight. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's been really good talking to you and being able to really sort of pick apart the reasons why Twitter needs to change. But thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And I hope to speak to you again and keep in touch. Please follow us on Twitter at If We Knew Then Pod. And you can drop us a line on our Facebook page at If We Knew Then Pod. Or visit our website, ifweknewthen.com, to send us an email with questions and comments. And you can join our mailing list there and get alerts of future podcast episodes. All these links will be added to this episode's show notes. Thank you again, and we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of If We Knew Then. Amazon.